All right, we are starting a new series called Friends. If you're on social media, hashtag friends. If you want uh, sermon notes, just send an email to info at bridgechurch.cc. Uh, I don't know everything about you, but I do know this. One of the basic needs and desires of your life is to have a friend, a real friend, a true In this sermon series, I want to talk to you about friends, how to have a friend, how to be a friend, the qualities of a true friend, and then I want to talk to you about the friend of all friends in Jesus. Uh, Some quotes and definitions of the word friendship I came across this past week said, a best friend is the one who brings out the best in you and still loves you when you're at your worst. True friendship comes when the silence between two people is comfortable. Isn't it nice to have some friends where you just don't have to talk? You can just kind of sit. A friend is one that knows you as you are, understands where you have been, accepts you what you have become, and still gently allows you to grow. Now, these are some fun ones I came across because hopefully if you have true friends, there's a lot of... uh, I was going to say funness, but that's not really a word, but a lot of fun between the two of you. True friendship is when you walk into their house and your Wi-Fi connects automatically. (laughs) Because you've been there before, right? Listen, you don't have to ask for the password for your true friends when you go to their house. You know, you already got it. There is nothing better than a friend unless it is a friend with chocolate. A lady said, amen. It is one of the blessings of old friends that you can afford to be stupid with them. Man, I'm so glad I can just be stupid in front of many of my friends. that I don't even have to care. Like, maybe they'll laugh at what I do. Maybe they don't. I don't care, you know. Um, Friends give you a shoulder to cry on, but best friends are ready with a shovel to hurt the person that made you cry. (laughs) Listen, man. We all need some friends, maybe that are barely saved. (laughs) And at the drop of a hat, we'll just jack someone up because they mess with you. I think that's why some of you are friends with me, because you know the strength that I have. Dynamite, baby. Dynamite. Wait, don't mess with my friends. Uh, A friend is someone you can go on vacation with and still be friends with when you get back. (laughs) Some of you aren't laughing (laughs) because you went on vacation with some of your so-called friends. (laughs) Friends tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. So important, man. So important to have friends that that can tell like it is even if it hurts. A friend is somebody who is on the scene when you need them and quietly leaves when you want to be left alone. They know when you need some time to yourself. A friend is when you can go months without talking to them and pick up right where you left off. Especially if you have friends that live across country and you just don't get to see very much. Well, I'm a very blessed man because I have uh, a lot of friendships and a lot of close friends. And I wanted to show you a picture of my childhood friends. Uh, you have Jody there on the end and Jared. 
Uh, so those are both uh, my childhood friends, and they're actually married to each other, so that's pretty cool. And then you have Brad, you have Tim, and then you have Matt, and then you have that young strapping couple uh, 10 years ago of Sabrina and I. But, uh, but those are my childhood friends. I mean, I've been friends with them. Uh, I'll be 38 in June, and uh, some of them I've been friends with since I've been born. And uh, we've all been at each other's weddings uh, or, or have uh, been at each other's weddings. We've been at uh, funerals of, of, of loved ones and when they've passed away. Whenever we get, get to, uh, they're, they're all in Ohio except for me. But whenever we, whenever we get back, whenever I get to Ohio, we all get together and we have our kids play together. And um, I think between um, the, uh, the seven of us, there is, um, I think, like, 12 or 13 kids, so we're already, already trying to do some arranged marriages, you know, do you have some friends that you're trying to do some arranged marriages with, but I'm very, I'm very grateful for my childhood friends, and uh, just a little shout out to them, and, and, and their faithfulness in, in my life, um, God has blessed me with college friends, he's blessed me with uh, seminary friends, with ministry friends, and with bridge friends as well, so I'm a very blessed man, but what does God say about genuine friendship? The Bible and God places a huge emphasis and importance on friends. So in the first message, let's begin by asking, what is a genuine friendship worth? Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. New Living Translation says, A friend is always loyal... And a brother is born to help in the time of need. A brother is born to help in the time of need. Um, You know, many of you may have friends that are closer than your family members, and that's okay. Um, You know, it's amazing when when I meet someone that's a believer, how quickly we can become friends. Because their heart and my heart are focused on on the same things. So we see amazing examples of friendship in the Bible. We hear about that Abraham and God were friends. It said that, that Abraham was considered a friend of God. How awesome is that, to be considered a friend of God? And we see uh, Jonathan and, and David, King David. Uh, Jonathan was Saul's son, and so he was next in line for the throne. But Jonathan knew that, that he wasn't going to be king. God had chose David to be king. There was no jealousy there at all, and, uh, and, but there was jealousy with Saul, uh, who tried to kill David, and Jonathan even protected his friend, uh, David, from his dad, Saul. Uh, we see that friendship there and, and just how meaningful that friendship was. Then we, we, we read about the, the friendship of Ruth and Naomi. Uh, Ruth and Naomi, uh, you know, uh, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law, and, 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 and their husbands die. And, and Naomi t- tells, tells Ruth to go back to her, ho- to her family and, and be with them. And Ruth says, no, where you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I'll stay. And, uh, and I just think about just these incredible friendships that we read in Scripture. But if you have a friend, a real friend, a true friend, then you have something of great value, something very precious. I'm going to be a little honest with you this morning. When you're a pastor, and when you're a pastor's wife, it can be tough to have close friends. Uh, Tom Rainer asked pastors around the country about their friendships, 
And these were the three most common causes of loneliness shared by pastors. And it's pretty insightful. Uh, First, number one, pastors said that church members do not want to get too close to a pastor. uh, But actually it works both ways. The pastor is seen as the spiritual leader of the church. For many, it's hard to get close to someone who holds a perceived lofty, lofty position. Number two, they say that pastor is accustomed to giving, to giving instead of receiving. In healthy relationships, both parties give and sacrifice. The pastor is accustomed to giving and ministering. Sometimes it's hard to be on the receiving end. So sometimes those pastors, you know, we're always pouring in other people, and sometimes it can be, be, it can be humbling to allow other people to pour into you, especially people that, uh, that you shepherd as well. Three, it says the pastor is in a defensive mode. Many pastors have been burned and hurt by others in ministry or church members. As a consequence, they are always on guard, rarely able to lower their defensive shields to be in a healthy relationship. Adam, can you get me, can you get me another water, man? I'm thirsty this morning. Don't drink Starbucks before you go to bed. It dehydrates you. My point is, a true friend is a rare thing. A true friend is a rare thing. Uh, Let me give you a little illustration. As we go through life, we are sort of like a ship on the ocean. We're sailing through the sea of life, and there are people who hop on board, and then after a while, they hop on off. Thank you, sir. So first, there's people that come into our lives and we refer to them as casual acquaintances. Casual acquaintances. We meet these folks. They come into our lives. We enjoy them. We learn from them. We fellowship with them. We care about them. Then they're out of our lives for one reason or another. They just kind of hop on board, and then they hop off. Then there are other friends who get on board, and I call them fair weather friends. They sail along with you, and, and they stay on board as long as the wind is calm and the sea is smooth. But when the storms come, they abandon ship. They're nowhere to be found. Then they're what I call a fair, they're what I call a fair weather friend, a friend who is only around when they need you, a person who stops being a friend in times of difficulty. A fair weather friend would act like they want to, to hang out, but never invite you to do anything. And if you invite them to do something, they'll only do it if they can't find something better to do. Do you have some fair weather friends in your life? Then there are other friends that are real, true, and genuine friends. When we get these people, they get on board and they stay on board no matter what. A genuine friend sticks with you when the weather is calm and when the weather is stormy and the wind is whipping, when the waves are crashing, when the lightning is flashing, you can count on a genuine friend not to leave until they see that you are safely anchored in the harbor. Praise God for some real friends, man. Because you know what? Life is hard. Life is hard, and we need friends to help get us through. Scripture talks about choosing your friends wisely. We tend to become who we hang out with. We tend to become who we hang out with. 
So that can be good or it can be bad. And, and I was talking with a, with a guy uh, this morning, and we were just talking about friendships. And, uh, uh, you know, he's in his 30s as well. And then we were kind of talking about some of our friendships that when we were in our 20s. And how we didn't realize the unhealthy friendships that we had. Or maybe even the healthy friend that we were to others. But as you grow closer to the Lord and you mature a little bit, you can have a little bit more discernment on what is a healthy relationship and what is not. These aren't on the screen if you want to write them down. Proverbs 13, 20. You're going to write them down in your prayer journal. A little plug. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25, 22, 24 through 25, says, do not even associate with a man given to angry outbursts or go along with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his undisciplined ways and get yourself trapped in a situation from which it is hard to escape. Do not associate with an angry man. Now, I want to say, on a side note, um, i got a little bit of a temper, and uh, I'm, I'm Hungarian, and uh, we Hungarians just wear our hearts on our sleeves. You always know kind of where you're at with Hungarians. And um, I appreciate those of you that are my friends, that have been patient with me as I work through some of my anger. Uh, sometimes I uh, kind of want to... Um, uh, just say that I'm passionate. Ever find, ever find that people that say they're really passionate are often a lot of times angry as well? I'm just saying. But, um, but I think there's something to be said. You know, there's something to be said about someone that maybe struggles with anger that's working through that, and someone that's angry. You know, it's, it's another interesting thing is uh, a lot of times angry people don't admit that they got anger issues. Like it's everyone else's fault. It's everyone else's fault of, like, why they're angry and why they treat people like a jerk. Like, they can't own that. All right. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Think of a band named Bad Company. Bad Company. I can't deny. I want you to know that I've given my resume to Pastor Jared for the worship pastor position here. I have not heard back from him yet. That's a good rock and roll band. Be careful with friends who give bad advice that's not biblically sound. Do you have friends that always just want to tell you whatever's on their mind? Uh, they always want to give you worldly advice. You know, I'm grateful for friends that know I'm going through a difficult situation, and instead of, instead of telling me what they think I should do, they simply listen and say, you know what, bro, I'm going to pray for you about that. You know, it's good to have friends that just don't always speak their mind, but just listen and pray for you. Trust is crucial in close friendships. It's so important for me 
to have friends where I can share something personal and private and know word is not going to get around on social media, around town of what I just told them. You know, if you don't have trust with your friendship, with your friends, you don't really have a whole lot. It's so important to be able to have trust. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We know the Bible is true, so why is it true that a man of many friends will come to ruin? Because friends are costly, costly things to have. True friendships require a lot of time and effort. They, re, they, re, they require time and effort. They do. A real friend is someone whom you're going to invest your energy, your prayers, and your emotions. Genuine friends will create a demand upon you. Your social life, your financial life, your emotional life, your spiritual life... So you can't afford the luxury of too many friends because you just can't maintain all them. You know, some people want to be everyone's friend. Do you know some people like that? They just want to be everyone's friend. It's just not realistic. You know, you can have a lot of acquaintances, but, you, but you, it's not realistic to have a, a lot of true, genuine, deep friendships. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was here on earth, had some very special friendships. Jesus loved everybody, but he had a few true friends. He had 12 disciples, and among the 12 were three very special friends. John, Paul, Ringo. See, that's Pastor Farrell's joke from Thursday. So if you laugh, that's great. If you don't, I just blame it on him. I say, your jokes aren't funny, man. But there's Peter, James, and John, and they were intimate with the Lord. And even out of the three was one, the beloved disciple John. Now, it's believed that John wrote the Gospel of John, so it's interesting that John says he's the beloved disciple. I mean, if I was going to write a Gospel, I would write that. I mean, I was the beloved. Like, Jesus loved those guys, but I was the beloved. Jesus loved many people, but there was a home where Jesus would often resort to, and it was, it was the home away from home, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I, I can just picture Jesus kind of kicking off his sinooks, uh, putting... It's a joke. Okay. They, the sinooks haven't been around that long. Okay. Putting his feet up on the ottoman, drinking some sweet tea, and telling his friends to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, man, it was an exhausting day today. It was exhausting, man. I, uh, you know, I, I rose some people, rose people from some people from the dead, uh, casted out some demons. Uh, you know, took this kid's lunch, fish and chips. You know, and fed like a couple thousand people. It's been a long, exhausting day. I just need to just relax a little bit. You know, I can see that realness. I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be, what's the word, trying? Uh, I don't know, I'm not trying to be something. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, I, I just, 
I look at Scripture and I just see the realness. You know, I think sometimes we, we read Scripture and, and we just, we just, you know, we see, the, we see all the, just the holiness. And, and then, but all, there's also the realness as well. And I think G- Jesus was so real. And, and he's just such a, a, a good friend that, that you can't even imagine um, what, what, like we talk about a good father. Man, he's a good father. You know, you, you, those of you that have close relationships with your dads or your parents, I mean, man, like, they're your parents, but they're also your friend as well. And, and you do things together and you enjoy things, and, and they know every, every, single, every single thing about you. And, and nothing would affect their love, their deep love that you have for them. Uh, parents with the little ones, man, you know, I got, I got four of them. And I know if you have little ones, um, you know, it's maybe it's hard to see right now about being friends with your kids because you're always disciplining them. But there's coming a day when you will be a parent and a friend. And, uh, and I look forward to those days. But these were Jesus' very special friends. And the Lord Jesus in his humanity needed these kinds of friends. And some of you are probably thinking, well, pastor, you know, you can preach this stuff all you want but I don't have any real friends. I don't have any real friends. All my so-called friends ends up trying to take advantage of me. Uh, if, if you're, if you're uh, you say, well, I've, you know, I've tried to have friends, but no one wants to be my friend. If you're thinking that way, here may be some of the problems. Now, you know I'm your pastor. You know I love you. And you know I keep it real. All right? So some of this stuff may hurt a little bit, but I love you. If that is you about saying, I don't have any friends, people are always trying to take advantage of me, no one wants to be my friend, you possibly may be a little whiny. And people don't like to be around whiny people. They just don't. Listen, if God created the earth, all right, he formed your body in your mother's womb, don't you think he can give you a friend in this life? I mean, if he created everything, he can give you a friend. So some questions you have to ask yourself. Am I a little bit kind of like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Like, Eeyore is always having a bad day. He's always negative. Like he can take the most positive thing and turn it into a negative. All right. I know people are smiling and looking at each other. I don't know what those looks mean, but I'm just glad it's not my family or friends that I'm sitting next to you because some of you are looking at each other. Okay. Uh, another one is, <clears throat> are you um, a drama king or drama king? Like everything is drama in your life. Like, people ask you, like, where you want to go out to eat, and that turns into something dramatic. (laughs) Are you self-centered? Is it always about you? Do you know some people, like, every time, like, you share a story, they have to share a story? Oh, drives me nuts, man. Like, just let people talk. You don't always have to share a story. When your friend shares a story, 
You know, I think some of you just make up a story that's not even, didn't even happen. You just feel like you need to share a story. It's not all about you. You know, oh. Maybe another thing is, another problem that why you don't have any friends is because you're just a hermit. All right? Like, you go to work, you go to your house, and you don't leave your house until you go back to work the next day. Like, how, how are people supposed to, to get to know you if you just kind of lock yourself up in the family room and then turn on the TV all night long? And you're not involved in anything. You're not involved serving in church. You're not involved in the community. You know, like, like some people are not even wondering if you're still alive because they never hear from you. All right? So this is just some truthful questions you need to ask yourself. Am I a little whiny? Am I Eeyore? Am I a drama mama? Am I self-centered? And am I a hermit? All right? And some of you may be all those things. And listen, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. And uh, God, can, God can do a miracle, and he can give you a friend, but you need to kind of take some introspective on some things and take a look at my life because you know what? God doesn't want you to be those things. He doesn't want you to be the. He wants you to have a life of abundance and fullness. And, and, and sometimes we just need people to love us and say why they don't want to spend time with us. And don't be upset if they're just being truthful with you. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So before I dig into that, one, I want to say, are you trying to befriend the wrong people? That's why you don't have any close friendships. Are you trying to befriend the wrong people? And second, maybe you're not where you ought to be with God. Uh, you, think, you think of the cross, okay? You got, you got two beams going across. If this relationship right here between you and God is not right, then these relationships will never be right. This has to get right first. God has to be the center of your life. He has to be the most important thing in your life. When you love Jesus with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, with everything that you have, and when you find meaning and fulfillment in Jesus first, then you won't try to find meaning and fulfillment in other people. Some of you do not have this relationship right, and so you have unfair expectations on your friendships. They cannot be Jesus to you. Jesus is the only one that can be Jesus to you. Because you're trying to find a perfect love and imperfect people, and you're going to be frustrated every single time. And you're going to be demanding. And then you're going to wonder why no one wants to be friends with you. You have to get 
that relationship right. And if you're married, this is just as true. You have to find meaning and fulfillment in Jesus first, not your spouse. When you find this in Jesus, then you can enjoy your friendships and your marriage for what God intended them to be. You know, the closer I get to Jesus, the more real and authentic my friendships get with others. Because Jesus is fulfilling this need in my life. So I don't have these unfair expectations on my wife, Sabrina. I don't have these unfair expectations on my kids. I don't have these unfair expectations on on my friendships. Because I know that Jesus is the only thing that can fulfill my life. And in my experience, I'm also finding that my closest friendships right now in my life are with other believers. Some of you want these really close friendships with, like, you're a believer, but your friends aren't. And you want this, like, really close friendship, and you're, you're, you're probably not going to get it. Um, because if Jesus is the most important thing in your life, but you have a friend that doesn't have Jesus in their life, how are you going to connect at the deepest levels? It's, it's not going to happen. And it's kind of the same thing with maybe some of you that are married to an unbeliever right now. You know, you, maybe, maybe you were unbelievers before you got married. Uh, maybe one of you was a believer and one of you wasn't a, wasn't, uh, wasn't a believer and, and now you're kind of, you know, button heads a little bit. And, but if you're married and, and your spouse believes in Jesus or you believe in Jesus and, and your spouse doesn't, then you're going to have a hard time connecting on the deepest levels. And so just continue to pray for them and, and pray that, that your life can be an example to them of what, when Jesus comes in a person's life, how he can change that person's life. So here's a little conclusion. Genuine friendships are valuable. Genuine friendship is worth the investment. It's so worth it. There are no bargain relationships. True friends are rare, so you may not have many, and that's okay if you just have a few or a handful of true, genuine friendships. Now, don't say, uh, Pastor Jeremy said this morning that I can only have three friends, so we can't be friends anymore because you didn't make my top three. I didn't say that. Was uh, T-Mobile? Was your Fab Five? You know, remember they had that thing. And I'm not saying that you don't have friends with others that don't know Jesus either, because we are called to be salt and light to a world. And how do your unbelieving? How do you expect your unbelieving friends to know Jesus if if you don't spend time with them and and, and get to know them and and uh, and and be there and support them? But I do want to ask a question. If you're a believer and you have unbelieving friends, who is influencing who? Are you influencing your friends that are not believers? 
or are they influencing you? And if your unbelieving friends are influencing you, then you're probably going to have to create a little space. And that's okay. Because if they're dragging you down, nobody can drag me down. Sorry, Sorry man. Listen, every Sunday is karaoke for me. I got a mic. I got... Who is influencing you? Ask the question. Ask the question. Because you should be influencing unbelievers in your life. In next week's message, we'll go deeper in our understanding of genuine friendships. As we study the qualities, the signs, the characteristics of true friends. The qualities of a genuine friend. Because here's the thing. Some of you will never have spiritual victory in your life as long as you continue to have toxic relationships. You, it won't happen. You will not experience spiritual victory as long as you have, continue to have toxic relationships in your life. We're also going to talk in this series about emotional dependency and where people want to be your only friend. You got some people in your life that they want you to be their one and only friend, and whenever the other friends come around, they get jealous. That's a little messed up. So if you have some of those emotional dependency friendships, invite them to church. And we're going to call that stuff out because it is toxic, man. It is unhealthy. When, when, a, when a friend wants you to be the center of their world, that, that's, that's bad. And I've seen, um, I've, I've seen what that has caused. I've seen that where that's caused. So where do we go from here? Pray and read about true friendships in the Bible and examine your current relationships. Allow the Holy Spirit to warn you about current toxic relationships and lead you concerning on what to do about them. All right, God, so you've identified a toxic relationship in my life. Where do I go from here? How do I handle this situation? Allow God to show you how past toxic relationships hurt you and how even though they're in your past, they may still be negatively affecting your relationships today. Some of you had some very unhealthy relationships in the past and there's some uh, bad things that happened in those relationships and maybe you no longer even talk to that person anymore, but what's happening now is you have brought some of those hurt, some of those pain, some of those wounds into your current relationships, whether it is your marriage or your friendships. So let's work through some of that uh, as a church. Allow the Holy Spirit to affirm healthy relationships in your life right now. Listen, many of you have incredible friendships, and, and you need to be able to celebrate, and you need to be grateful. You need to just thank someone this week for, for just saying, man, thank you for being there. Thank you for being my friend. 
thank you for being a friend. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Three's my limit. Three's my limit. No more. No more. I think that was Golden Girls, wasn't it? <laughs> you guys remember Golden Girls? Man, I remember watching that with my, grandpa, my grandparents. And then they would fall asleep, and then that we would all, go, you know, they, they would watch us. Uh, they babysit us. And uh, they were from Hungary, and uh, they would fall asleep about 8 o'clock. My parents were at home, and then the party would start with my <laughs> brother and sister. We'd take couch cushions and slide down the stairs and all that stuff. Okay. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, open the Word of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in all of your current and future relationships. Just ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance and your wisdom with your current relationships and your future ones. Because you know what? Some of you um, have some really close, intimate friendships that are going to happen that you don't even know. You, you, don't, you can't even see, and God's going to bring those people to you. But the healthier that you can get, because God is the only one that can make you healthy, I'm guaranteeing it. The healthier that you can get, the healthier relationships you will have in your life. And I know we all want healthy, encouraging friendships in our life. Uh, last, I want to say, uh, group link is a great way to get plugged in and to meet people and start new friendships in your life. So in three weeks from today, April 24th, right after service here at this campus, we have a thing called group link. And uh, we, call our, we call our small groups uh, life groups. And, um, and it's going to be an awesome opportunity. You're going um, to meet some other groups, some other leaders. And, and hopefully we can get you plugged into a group that day. So if you want to come to that, three weeks from today on the 24th, plan to attend. We'll watch your kids as well uh, so, they can, so you can get to know some other adults. So, um, you know, this, this sermon series isn't going to be uh, like real, you know, theologically deep. But what it is going to do, it's going to help you reflect on friendships, on the kind of friendships that you have, and taking a look to see if they're healthy, to see if they're unhealthy, and, and, and where do you go from here. All right. So uh, hope you come back next week. Let me pray, and I'll let you guys go.